Hello, and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including Final Space, which we'll be getting into right now. I'm your host, Alex Bonilla, stepping in for Dylan Heisen, and today I'm joined by Michelle Ander. Hello. And April Collins. Chuckity! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> April is taking over my my role as resident mooncake impersonator for this week. <laughs> Uh, today we are discussing episode 6 of season 2, the Arachnitex, which uh, recently aired. We're, we're, we were reacting to that. Um, you can find more about this podcast and our previous discussion on Final Space episodes at overlyanimated.com. You can subscribe to our Final Space feed on iTunes at overlyanimated.com slash iTunes. You can find us on YouTube. We always appreciate the listeners who follow our Final Space podcast there. Um, you can find us at youtube.com slash animated. And wherever you listen to us, we always appreciate any ratings and reviews you want to leave us. But yeah, with uh, that out of the way, we are talking about the latest episode of Final Space, the Arachnitex. Uh, we got a lot of uh, stuff to go through, so let's begin with our general thoughts. Um, April, how do you feel about this episode after watching it? Oh no, you're going to start with me first. Have fun! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, this episode was... I... Okay. I, I don't know what it was about this episode, but I just couldn't get into it. Um, I seriously like had to watch it over and over again because I, I just like, I just kept like automatically like tuning out at some point. Like, it's not that I wasn't invested in them, like finding Mooncake and like finding out what was going on, but like the beginning part of it, like I wasn't into the whole, like, we're going to go talk to like 500 people and they're going to tell us the same thing. They don't know how to use the key thing. Like, I just wasn't into that whole bit. Like, I like. And then we kept like cutting to the tribor thing, which connected back into the beginning, but it was like a like not a good like B plot for me. So there's that. But I'm like curious about like the ending stuff. So like, okay, we knew that Mooncake was created from Final Space, and then I guess the Arachnitex created the Titans and then Invictus poisoned them. So that stuff's kind of interesting. I still think Bolo's evil. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, I like I totally do. I think they're all in on it. So um but yeah, the only other thing like I guess the positive thing that I really have to say is that like I thought this episode was very pretty from like start to end. I don't know what it was like. Yeah, I kept like tuning out for the like this the plot, but like it was just really nice to look at if that is weird. I don't care, but yeah. <laughs> Those are my thoughts. <laughs> so. It's not weird. It is really pretty. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've, we've got a lot of uh, dimensional stuff going on, so like there, there's a lot of opportunity for mixing it up there, and I think that they take take advantage of that, right? So yeah, absolutely. Like I thought, like especially like when they were in like the other dimension with the Arachnitex, I was like, this is all very nice to look at. Like I could just stare at this and just not pay attention to what's going on. That works for me. Um, <laughs> but I did pay attention. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, Michelle, what, what, what are your thoughts on this episode? I actually had a lot of fun with it. Not as much fun as um, episode oh god, was it episode 4 where they go to Ash's planet or was that episode 3? Uh, 3 I think. 3! That's still my top one but 
for whatever reason, I'm just really high on Tribor this season, and every bit with him was so funny, especially just the gag about how he keeps, like, hating on the bartender's shirt, and he goes back, like, three times because they keep, like, just messing around and not finding or solving anything, and every time they go back, he's just like, oh, yeah, like, don't talk to me till you get rid of that awful shirt. It's just the worst. (laughs) I thought that was genuinely pretty funny. Um, I don't know. I guess, like, I'm learning with Final Space that, like, if I take it too seriously, I get kind of disgruntled when things aren't, like, the the way I hope they're going to turn out. So I kind of just, like, laid back for this one. And I think that maybe that's the right thing to do because I, I was like, all right, we'll just see what happens. Like, I, it's fine. Just just do what you're going to do. And that ended up making it a lot more fun. I will say to co-sign the Bolo is sketch, continuing to be a thing. The thing that pointed that out to me was that he just kept, hating on kevin for no reason that's like if you're gonna if you're gonna hurt kevin i can't trust you bolo no thanks so yeah i thought this episode was like pretty fine like it was pretty fun and then the end was like you know the hashtag serious stuff but like you know i'm glad gary's doing more stuff with mooncake because i feel like he's had so much else going on that mooncake has kind of been sidelined i mean like his whole plot the last episode was just stress eating feeling like he didn't belong with gary and they weren't as close anymore so i'm glad that he's kind of back in the focus because that was like such a big part of the first season um i feel like fine about this episode i thought it was pretty fun but maybe not my favorite Mm -hmm. all right all right um, my thoughts on this episode, uh, a- April mentioned that, like, it was hard to get into, and I think that the way that I would describe this episode is dense, where, like, it- it's, especially in the second half, it's so much, so much stuff is going on, where, like, you're introducing a yet another sp- race of space, of godly beings in the midst Mm -hmm. we're like adding more mythology into this um we're reintroducing uh mooncake's importance to the story and all so there's a lot going on and even through the first half of the episode like we are focused back on the dimensional keys but like that's not a thing that's been uh focused upon aside from like okay we're looking for this thing but that's uh, that's kind of the 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 surface level of it but like here we're like really getting into like we gotta unlock it we gotta like try to figure out how to use it so it's doing a lot of stuff i agree that with with michelle like i had fun with it but i can definitely see how given how much they're packing into it like i can also see how uh, it's maybe too much at once if if that makes any sense yeah but yeah um, but especially that that sequence at the end with once we get to the titular arachnitex, like it, it's kind of overwhelming both visually and and in terms of story because uh, at, like these spider robot things are like re- really like they're they're intimidating <laughs> at least for, for me. So like I, I I really enjoyed their usage. Um, Tribor is a character that I Tribor! I have, I have not expressed my enjoyments for in the past, but Aww. I kind of liked him in this episode. Yes! I, 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 think, I think part of it is that this episode is a little more um, into the joke that he's supposed to be pathetic. And like, it, it's a, like, uh, for whatever reason... I would reason, say pathetic, he's just 
incompetent. Sure, that's another word. Just <laughs> <laughs> actually do anything that's actually helpful. Right, and I think that they like double and triple down on that in this episode, and I think that makes it funny. Like, uh, where in previous episodes, it's kind of like a side thing. It's like, okay, why are you here? But like, uh, there's something about like piling on that like kind of made it funnier the further along it gets. So, there's there's something about the tribord line that does work for me, which I was surprised by because I usually don't like tribord, but in this episode I kind of like tribord, and so that in itself is enough to make this a, a, an above average episode for me. But uh, yeah, so there, there's there's a lot to talk about. Um, with Bo- Bolo has been mentioned several times already, so I guess we can begin there with like the whole idea of the Titans. Uh, uh, we get the introduction of these arachnitechs who are steal it, who have uh, taken Mooncake. They they eventually make their way there. Um, they call Mooncake a missing piece because he, he was created from the the. It's hard to even explain this. <laughs> it's like the, the way <laughs> yeah, they're explaining yeah. in the show. Like it's so hard to like wrap your mind or your head around because there's so many details that throw against. Like actually reciting it is still kind of difficult. Um, the arachnid texts they were created by beings of light. So I guess those are like you know original gods like, in this universe. I don't know. And so the arachnid texts <laughs> created the titans to aid in the laying of dimensions. Once they reached the end of the universe, there was an evil named Invictus that poisoned the Titans. Bolo is, quote, uncorrupted. <laughs> and so with his help, they imprisoned Invictus and the Titans in final space. When the Titans broke through, Gary's dad closed the opening, and in closing the opening, Mooncake was created, which causes a cosmic imbalance, they call it, and weakening the walls of final space. So their idea is to throw him back so the balance is restored. So Bo- Bolo's involvement is in this is that the Arachnitechs trust him, it's, it, it seems. He's called uncorrupted by them. And also Bolo is the one who shows up to Gary to be like, hey, you need to find Mooncake, this is actually important. So why is Bolo still sketchy in regards to, <laughs> despite all of the turning that this episode is doing to like reinforce that Bolo is actually like, on the side of good like what what what, ma- what still makes him sketchy in this episode to you guys well how can for... we believe them I mean, they're just yeah. saying oh now he's fine everyone else was poisoned but he wasn't like where's the proof of that yeah there's no like there's no proof that he wasn't poisoned but then the other thing that gets me too is like okay well why was he the only immune, one who was, yeah like, yeah like why was he immune but then i feel like it's it's interesting that we have to almost like bring it up too. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Okay. Like, like it's a plot point. Yeah. And then like, and, and maybe like, even then like there's part of me that's like probably looking like way too deep into it. But whenever they showed like, I guess like Invictus, like poisoning the other Titans, it was like this red sort of, I don't know, magic or something, but then they use that same sort of, like, power to, like, capture, like, to bring Mooncake to them Mm -hmm. as well, and then that's what they're, like, using to hold him, and, like, you see it continuing, and so I'm like, okay, so I have reason to believe that you guys are also not good, too, like, you're all in this together to bring about, like, probably to bring the Titans back 
from Final Space or something like that. So there's just not a whole lot like that supports them being like good. And also, why is Bolo prison and like imprisoned just because? Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> if he's fine, why is he in a cube? Yeah, yeah. If he's okay, like there should be no need for the cube. So. <laughs> Okay, okay. And uh, Michelle, I assume you agree with both of those points then? Yeah, obviously something's going to go down below. And even if there's this slight chance that he's not poisoned yet, he probably will be when we get closer to opening final space. So whatever's happening with Bolo, I feel like the end game is just, it's not going to be good for our crew. Or what if, like, he, like, is, like, he's always been bad, but then... So that he was imprisoned, and then Invictus came and poisoned all the other Titans, but he couldn't poison Bolo, because Bolo's in the prison. Mm. Maybe that's how he wasn't, quote-unquote, poisoned, but he's already bad, so it doesn't matter. Why was he imprisoned in the first place if yeah, that was see? before they were poisoned? Yeah. That's what I want to know. Yeah, we, we, we still got a lot of uh, <laughs> Bolo vagaries to, <laughs> to clear up in the future, I guess. Um, as, as mentioned, a big part of this is making Mooncake relevant again. And, um, throughout the episode where we're dealing with the Gary's connection to, to Mooncake being the propelling force between, between them, uh, finding him again. And at the very end, we see that Mooncake, uh, shoots out his beam. So his powers are, are returned because that had been a thing earlier in the season, but now it heals the breach instead of breaking it up. And so that seems to be new to these arachnitechs. And with that, the, they say like, okay, fine, you can you can go as long as you just don't open final space again. Uh, so Mooncake is back, it seems. Like, uh, how, how have you guys felt about Mooncake this season? And do, do you think that this marks like some kind of change or... Are we gonna like like keep him in the background still? What what are you guys where are you guys at with Mooncake these days, April? Um, well, Mooncake's hearing voices, so <laughs> um, that's never a good sign when you know someone is hearing voices that no one else can hear at the same time. So that's that's not good. So I feel like we're gonna slowly like, even though Mooncake's been sort of in the background this like so far up until this point. It's probably like like we're gonna start seeing him like more like become more relevant as we continue on. So um, that's kind of what I'm predicting um, because you can't just like introduce like this big bad and like that is connected solely to one character and then not like expand upon it. Like that doesn't make sense. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, Michelle, your, your moon mooncake thoughts at, the, at this point of the season. Yeah, there's a huge cliffhanger with him at the end of the episode, so I feel like there definitely is going to be... He's playing into something pretty big. We're just not exactly... I mean, it's obviously going to involve Invictus. And and Invictus is probably the person who took Lord Commander's remains away at the beginning of the season. And he kind of sounds like Lord Commander's like, I don't know what that means, but clearly Invictus is like (gasps) the big bad of the season, if it's not Bolo. But I think my question is more like, is Mooncake going to be relevant moving forward as a plot device, or is he going to have like more of a personality and an internal like growth? Like, I don't know. I'm a little worried. He might just be a plot thing now because he has his powers back. 
But maybe we'll get lucky. Maybe he'll still have, like, his relationship with Gary. I do think it's interesting that when Gary's, like, going to sacrifice himself, we get that black and white flashback of his original bug mooncake. And I don't know. That flashback I found kind of absurd. But maybe that's because (laughs) I have, like, no heart. But, like, so he's, like, hanging out in, like, an alley in these bad older kids, like, mess with him and he drops his container and his mooncake bug dies and this is like devastating um i guess that's a reason for putting all these emotions and feelings onto current mooncake i mean maybe the larger thing is like his dad died his mom left him all he had was the bug in the jar and then that died and so like maybe like that's all that mooncake represents I guess that makes more plausible sense why he would be so willing to sacrifice himself. But I don't know. <laughs> I thought it was an interesting flashback they went with for like this this culminating moment of why Mooncake means so much to him. Uh, I, I agree that it was a bit of an interesting placement because it's not even when he's like sacrificing himself. They use that in the middle where like he fails yeah. to catch him on the beam. And so like he's oh. he has that flashback and then he wakes up because he's like in his bed, like kind of moping. Yeah. It's so, like it's it's an, an interesting place. Um, and I, I think you make a good point about Mooncake per, uh, potentially being used as a plot device as opposed to a character because i think that that was a big part of why i enjoyed final space season one because like mm-hmm, they did mm-hmm. eventually make mooncake kind of a character like he had like different personality traits and that that relationship with gary was something that was very integral to that first season so the fact that it kind of, it's kind of taken a back seat in season two like we, we've been talking for a while but like well what happened with mooncake like why are we not using him so it it not it's kind of weird that we're waiting for him to have his powers again to, to do that. But, mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, he's only useful if he's able to participate in battles. I mean, that that, that feels weird. But if, if from here on, like, we get back to him rem- reminding us, the audience, of the, their relationship together and we use Mooncake for different things, I would, I would appreciate that because I think that that was a big thing of why I like the first season. And I definitely think that there's still stuff you can do with this uh, second season, especially now that we're like adding this thing of, uh, of the Invictus uh, or whoever is talking to, <laughs> to Mooncake. Like that's <laughs> his, uh, his conflict going on. Um, somebody mentioned he's uh, sounds a, a little similar to Lord Commander. He does. I, he I, sounds I, very similar. I, I would note that when Gary says something like uh, I, "I've already lost everything," he's he says something like "the Gary all is already lost." Like I heard the yes, Gary. Yes, but I heard that too. Oh, okay, yeah. you heard that too. Okay. So, yes. So, so that that seems like a very specific thing, and you know, <laughs> uh, we must rem- remember in the first episode of, the, of this season. There was that scene where Lord Commander got disintegrated by the celestial bodies. So there's there's something going on there. I can't really pin my my finger on what, but there's some connection. There has I mean, to be. Invictus was using Lord Commander to get to Final Space. That's pretty. I mean, I think that's pretty obvious at this point. But and like, he's going to use would, him again for some other thing. That would also make sense. So maybe it wasn't because remember we even had like that moment. Um, like in the first season with Lord Commander, whenever like Gary goes and visits his dad or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and like how like he's like l- the Lord Commander, he, what was his 
his name. I can't remember. Oh, his like first name. Yeah, like I whatever. He, yeah, I forgot. But anyway, he was a completely different person. And then something happens whenever they go to try to close Final Space, and so maybe like a piece of Invictus like got through and infected and poisoned the Lord Commander. So maybe that's why like we get like mm. that that like the Gary kind of thing because maybe like Invictus is like, I don't understand like human naming devices or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that No, that checks out. <laughs> oh, yeah. this is the Gary. I remember him from the Lord commander days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like it is also absorbing the memories of this vessel. Yeah. That's that, that, that makes sense. Um, I'll say that the, the the voicing of this is very menacing. Like they do a good job, like making it kind of cut off. Where like I, I the last line where it says something like "I'm coming." Do you think because I can't be seen, I'm gone? Like I had to listen to that like five times, and I couldn't figure out what he was saying clearly until a- April before the podcast to clear it up for me. <laughs> but like I, I think that that that's kind of what they're going for with that kind of a voice, like you know, being very very like distant and and dark and intimidating so uh it'll it'll it's building up for what should be a very um daunting final villain if we ever if we get that at the end of this season or next season i don't know but uh yeah invictus is a thing that is uh, slowly getting more prominence here um let's see here uh the 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 arachnitechs themselves uh any, any thoughts on them i i thought they were like kind of uh, funny at times especially like the banter at the end between yeah the, what's up the, with jeremy <laughs> yeah jeremy <laughs> jeremy wants uh, mooncake to be available on weekends <laughs> Um, yeah, or so like what hanging out i, I don't, don't understand jeremy's new he doesn't know how it works there <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, April mentioned something about it being a very beautiful episode, and I, I agree, especially like seeing all the spider web, the space spider webs going on. Like it's very, uh, uh, it's kind of creepy, but also pretty cool. And seeing like how tiny our crew is compared to the to the Arachnitechs is is interesting. That that, that whole scene, like again, a lot is happening both visually and in terms of what they're saying, right? Yes, um, very, very overwhelming. <laughs> um, anything else in terms of like the the mythology that this episode is laying out that you guys think we should talk about, or something that you guys have questions about <laughs> raised by this? I mean, I guess we, it's good to know the history of how things are connected because we didn't know how the Titans were even a thing, and it, I guess it kind of makes sense that they were created for an actual purpose to kind of build out the universe and then they went evil because of invictus i don't really know where invictus came from or why he's evil but like okay that, i mean that checks out like at least we we got some good world world building stuff so now it's not all like questions about like how does anything make sense what is <laughs> final space like we have a little more idea of what final space is so i i'm glad we at least got that before the end of the the season yeah, I'm glad that we got, like, more mythology, but then, like, it also raised a lot of questions in terms of, like, our current plot. So yeah. I kind of like this, like, we're going to give you this information, but it may not necessarily, like, coincide with what you're, like, currently processing kind of thing. So, and I think that's good. I think that's, like, good storytelling, too. And, like, even though, like, 
like I personally was a little overwhelmed by this episode, which is probably why like I didn't enjoy it and I'll probably need to watch it like again to truly appreciate it. But like I like that we're like building things out versus like never getting answers. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that that's a good point too. That like probably a lot this information will be a little bit more relevant later in the season, but because we're getting all of it once this early, so like it feels kind of like too much. So yeah, that, that, that definitely <laughs> that there, there's something to that, and uh, I, I would also be interested to see how how this episode plays once we have the full the full season in in front of us. But yeah, right right now it's definitely like a lot of information, and I don't know how much I'm going to remember by the time we get to the end or, of the season. Or even but. like. Or, or even, like, how much of it is relevant, too. Because this could right. just be, like, an episode of Red Herrings, so... Yeah! <laughs> We're getting into space mystery. Yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, uh, with uh, Gar- Gary and Mooncake, like, uh, also connected to the relationship, the, the sacrifice that we, that we talked about briefly is that Gary jumps up to hug Mooncake at the end there, and we have the visual of, like, both... Mooncake and Gary kind of disintegrating at their shoulders as they're being pulled up by the beam. And uh, so, uh, ugh, is it like no? It's just kind of spooky, oh, like yeah. little flesh flakes of Gary and Mooncake. Yeah, they were like disintegrating and not disintegrating at the same time, and I was even more horrified by that. Yeah, it was like dandruff, <laughs> but like way more extreme. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think Gary was like, "Oh, this hurts!" Like, just like let, yeah, like, let you know, yeah. like. That actually meant something, yeah, but so and this seems to uh, impulse uh, Mooncake to let out his powers because he's getting a big old hug from his best buddy. Aww. Yeah. So um, before we 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 got to 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 that to that climax of the episode, we spent a lot of time dancing around. Well, f- first the first part of the episode is. Uh, um, Mooncake getting stolen by this red beam and them chasing after him. And we have a whole thing with like uh, Gary and um, and Ash. Uh, <laughs> Ash, her main part of this episode is that she gets to use her thingy again. Um, we get sparked by prom related stuff. So that, I thought that was pretty funny that that was her trigger. Just like awful teen memories of prom. <laughs> That, that seems pretty our, relatable. Are proms on our home planet the same as proms at ours? Is there like are they like is there a snake DJ going on? DJ Snake. Oh my god. Oh Definitely my snake themed. It has to be for their planet. <laughs> do they do the worm? Maybe. That could be their national dance. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> Um, it's very the first. They're just like asking, like, "Where's Mooncake?" Since it seems he's like uh, wandering around. And Gary brings up something about like maybe his body's changing, and I was like, "You know, he has no." As like, I know, so again, the, this show seems eager to like point out, like, does make us question, does Mooncake fuck? But we shall never know. <laughs> We'll never know. But also, I think it's great that, like, everyone got a lesson out of that, like, including, like, Ash and Fox. Yeah, Fox did too! (laughs) (laughs) And that was very sweet that Gary had, like, that excited moment, because he was just like, did an avocado ever teach you this stuff? And he's like, no. And he was like, oh, like, I get to do it. (laughs) He's excited, too. Mm -hmm. So I I I thought that was a good, like, 
Gary and like Lil Cotto moment to say the very least. <laughs> I, I'm not confident he gave a good version of the talk, but okay. Oh no, not at all. I like that. What was it? The story ended. He's like, and that's how I ended up like without my pants on in the like tied up or hanging upside down by the hammock. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Yeah, that, that seems very messy. <laughs> um, yeah. he, Hugh doesn't get a bunch of lines in this episode. Another quiet one for him, but he does get huzzah for pu- pubescence. So, yeah. um, again, like he's exploring his humanity, he has to learn what puberty is. So good, good for him. Um, but Moonke gets pulled by this beam. Gary asks Ava to lightfold. Ava is being sassy and asks for the magic word. Um, this is our first Kevin uh, um, <laughs> piece of the episode. Is that, Please, Tuesday, French vanilla washing machine. And Ava's just like, oh, anything to shut him up. So See, Kevin got her to actually start the ship, though. So thank you, Kevin. <laughs> He has his ways of getting things done. He's also the one who got the key to start working. So, like, really, Kevin is always helping all the time. He's the best. Yeah. Uh, but it, the thing <laughs> is, I don't... But he's not doing it consciously, right? Like, he's not purposely... doesn't matter! <laughs> he, still, he still did it! That's the charm of Kevin. He doesn't have to know what he's doing for it to work out. Hmm. Okay, fine. Um, so then they light bulb and they also do the drop ship thing again that they did in the first episode so you got another visual piece is like them doing all their ship maneuvers and it's all very uh, moving very fast in the background as they chase after mooncake but they don't get him um there's a moment where like that uh gary punches the wall out of anger and then everybody else just starts punching the wall which well, i found a good funny. Piece of, You're like, oh i guess we're doing humor. this now <laughs> yeah it's like well this is uh, a thing um i'm glad um, you guys could all bond over this like yeah uh, but Bolo shows up as like a very tiny boss, which is a, a little funny in itself. Um, it, it, this is where you got angry at him, Michelle, because he says, I, I don't know how you tolerate him in regards to Kevin. That's so. how you know he's trouble right oh. there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, this this part, he tells them that they need to go activate the inventional key and find someone who knows how to do it. And so, April, you mentioned that this part is a bit slow, and I think I'd agree that, like, these jokes aren't as great. We go to the... we we For some reason, we feel the need to call back that guy who has a bunch of hands, including the hand in his butt. Uh, that, Just for Clarence. That's why they brought Clarence. it back. Yep, yep. <laughs> Uh, we have these uh, giant sloths who say sup a lot until at the very end they like start speaking normally. I think that was the most annoying one. <laughs> just yeah. because they just kept saying sup and I was like, this is so unproductive. Like, <laughs> you're going to waste literally five minutes of my life here. Like, I'll never get these moments back. G- Gary was also annoyed. So I guess mission accomplished. <laughs> I felt I felt Gary in that moment. <laughs> Uh, eventually, uh, Clarence introduces his niece, uh, Dartricio, unlocker of worlds and consumer of realms and world's first niece. Uh, so they, they go to her. Um, she immediately wants to eat the keys. <laughs> it's like, what is with your family eating keys? So that, that seems oh, to be just a thing. I also appreciated. No, I didn't appreciate it. I like that he's like, <laughs> she's the most beautiful thing in the oh, world. Oh, yeah, there's that. She just looks like him. 
<laughs> and she had three boobs. What was that? <laughs> I mean, I thought that was kind of great because they're like old lady boobs. Like she doesn't wear a bra, and they're just like out there being free. But I mean, I guess she sort of tangentially helped them get it to start. But Kevin did the heavy lifting. <laughs> yeah, she eventually got there. She like sets it on fire, and then Kevin holds it. Is like, I could turn off my heat sensors, but I want to feel something. <laughs> So, <laughs> Kevin can feel pain. He's, uh, that's uh, did we know that? I think maybe he's finding his humanity too. <laughs> <laughs> he's choosing to feel human. Um, uh, eventually, oh. uh, the key gets turned because uh, after Ash gets triggered by Gary mentioned something about a white tuxedo, <laughs> so uh, again back to the prom thing. Uh, we get this whole like colors moving back and forth and dimensions. A uh, hue in the middle is like I can taste my eyes, which uh, is also a pretty good line for me. Uh, and they show up at the spider web, which we talked about. So yeah, so I feel this the a plot like for most of it, it does feel like going from place to place to like get to where where we want to go. And like the, the fact that the title of the episode is the Arachnitex, and it takes us till the end of the episode to get to the Arachnitex, like you know. It, it feels very perfunctory in terms of like you know, we gotta get there eventually and they're, they're doing their best with like throwing in gags uh, along the way but uh, I don't think a, a, a lot of them land and that, that may be part of why this episode isn't perfect because of like the road that we have to take to get to the end yeah I agree with that yeah, I think that's a fair. lot yeah. <laughs> um, meanwhile Trabor <laughs> <laughs> he has the most fun like when by the time they solve everything and call him he's having like a selfie moment with this ragtag crew he's collected every time he walks back into the bar and i just kind of love that it feels very him i yeah, wish sure. that the entire episode would have just been tribal yes! like on? trying to assemble yeah. a crew <laughs> I mean, this is a lot more Tribor than I think most people would like from a ser- from a quote serious episode like this. But I mean, also I think that it probably is ridiculous enough to balance it, it out, and maybe that's why it feels appreciated at times when it comes back in. Um, we have this cold open, which I think was released on YouTube early, where it's just like they're at an ice planet, and Tribor makes the dramatic exit. Is like, I must rebuild the resistance to resist the uprising against the insurgency who's resisting the rebellion against the insurgency. <laughs> like, it just like keeps going on and on and on. Uh, and then he like flies off on a purple space bird. He and they will be pose. irresistible. Yeah. <laughs> that was the best part. <laughs> yeah, he does a, a fancy landing and the, the doves fly out. So he's just, he's, Tribor is a very extra individual and he goes all out with whatever he's doing. Um, and we, we get this whole thing where, like, he keeps going into the same bar. <laughs> um, so, Hawaiian And he shirts. says, like, this looks familiar. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. And the bar guy's just like, hey! And he just says uh, how much he hates his shirt every time. Yeah. I so, also uh, appreciate that the first time he goes into the bar, he specifically wants to, to find somebody who's, like, hard but not too hard. So that he can still kind of smack him around, and I, I, I liked that. Like, good Tribor, you know your limits. You know, you know how to make an impression without, you know, losing your stance as the toughest one in the room. I thought that was a penis joke. Wait, was I mean, it? Yes. Oh my god! Wait, no, was it, was it a penis joke? Uh, yeah, I, you can about wanting it to be hard, and then I mean, not, you can interpret not it. Hard. 
that way. Oh my god, my eyes have been opened. Well, again, the, the the important part of this is does Tribor fuck? Like, th- does Tribor have penises to make? He it has fuck? three money compasses. I'm sure he does. Oh, we did see the money compass. Clarence. Oh, that's Clarence. What if the money compass is a dimensional key? Oh. I mean, maybe. It's going to be really hard to get that off of Clarence, though. He loves that thing. Yeah. He's just so close to him. He has a special place in his heart for it. I want to briefly ask you guys, what are your opinions on Hawaiian shirts? Because I feel that they're being made fun too much of in this episode. I appreciate a good Hawaiian shirt to, when in a hot, in a hot sunny day. It, 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 am, am, I, am I too cliche? Would Tribor insult me for my basicness? I mean, probably would, but that doesn't mean he's right. I mean, <laughs> being true. wearing a Hawaiian shirt means you're you're a person who just like wants to have a good time, and you're not afraid. Who knows that? And I think that takes some courage too. So, I don't think the bartender was in the wrong. And like, no matter how many times Tribor made fun of his shirt, he never like changed his shirt. So that's that's, 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 that's the kind true. of bravery, also. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, solidarity with but with but with Sal, uh, he's probably Sal of Sal Saloon. So, for, but, but, but a solidarity with Sal. The Hawaiian shirts are good. Uh, <laughs> and so, I think then, Hawaiian shirts are great during the summer. Yes, but yes. like if it's winter, you can't wear them. Yeah, unless you're going on a cruise. Or I mean, like maybe you like want it to be warm, and you're like wearing it as like inviting the warmth back during the winter. It's, I don't, I don't or, know. Or it's a party, and it's Hawaiian theme, so sure. you yeah. wear your Hawaiian shirt. Do you think yeah. Gary wears Hawaiian shirts? I mean, he's, probably. I could see that. He's definitely worn a Hawaiian shirts, like at like some kind of like a frat party. He, he would. Be I believe that. Uh, at, at this ends with like Tribor assembling his crew, and then he finds a uh, Henry a sharpshooter because his headshots were to die for. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, he's just taking the group photo, and Gary calls uh, Tribor to tell them they found Mooncake. Piss off! Uh, and so Tribor's like, "Well, how do we do it? I don't know, but we look cool as hell." <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so that, that, that's the end of Tribor. But yeah, Tribor is doing some uh, some some. He's doing the comedic heavy lifting in this episode, and I think he does a fine enough job with it. So yeah, yeah, I agree. Way to go, Tribor! Proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, the, so the, the episode ends with the Mooncake hearing the the creepy voice again of uh, "I'm coming." So that that's our setup for the next for the next episodes to come. Uh, yeah, so um, we covered uh, in terms of, like checking with with side characters. I mean, we've we talked about Kevin pretty much. Uh, Hugh doesn't have too much going on. Uh, Ash, uh, did she get anything else besides the 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 thingy thing? <laughs> no, it's pretty much just really. the thingy thing. Oh, but she did. What was it when Gary was describing Mooncake going through puberty? She was just like, she was like, yeah, same. And I was like, you also oh. have green antennas. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> she's like, don't look at me. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of Fox in this episode too. Yeah, Fox is a good boy. He is a good I, boy. I like him. 
uh, I think that there's like a moment where like Nightfall is like cheek to cheek with Gary. I'm trying, like I feel like there's a point in there. But, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I feel uh, I, like what is it? I feel like we're not really doing a whole lot with her since like Gwen's in the final space or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's still kind of like in the background. Uh, yeah. Clarence. Uh, Clarence actually does kind of like t- talk a lot of this stuff because he's like, he's the one who's leading us from place to place. That um, There's also a moment where like he takes him to some general and it's like, uh, oh, Mr. Naughties. So it's like, it's kind of. Oh like, my fine. God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> um, thoughts on Clarence this episode? Any better? Any worse? <laughs> it's about, about the same level of skeeviness. Yeah, but I'd say about the same. Yeah. yeah the same but he's more like what is it pansexual now yes yeah yeah <laughs> that's true he's the cat man mm-hmm. yeah. would he have been attracted to avocado i mean probably probably avocado's a pretty handsome cat yeah <laughs> he'd be mad if anyone called him a cat but like he he's attractive whatever he is yeah 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 uh, I- and at the end, Clarence is playing some kind of moon, uh, some kind of space chess with Mooncake. So, <laughs> um, uh, I think so. that's kind of cute that they play chess together once a week. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's like the first like wholesome thing Clarence has done this entire show. <laughs> play chess with Mooncake. Yeah. I mean, that's about as wholesome as it gets. I feel like. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, so any any final thoughts that you guys have on the episode before we begin wrapping up here? Mm, no, not really. I'm I'm just like I guess curious to see how all of this, like from the beginning of the season up until this point, gets like looped into one thing. But I'm also glad that like we didn't we're not like super wrapping up our quest for the keys, kind of. No, we still got two more, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we have to get the one back from his mom. Oh, that too, oh, yeah. yeah. So we have technically three more, right? There's five. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Okay, so we have two. His mom has one, and then there's two more. So, I mean, that's nice that, like, we're expanding it out, and it's not, like, boring. Yeah, they're giving characters their own episodes in between the fetch quest stuff, which I think is a pretty good decision overall this season. Yeah. <laughs> And I think that this episode, like, it gives you a lot of material for theorizing later. But, like, right now, it's just, it's kind of hard to, like, piece it all together since we just watched. But uh, but it, it def- there's definitely a lot of stuff here that you could certainly work with uh, later as we get deeper into the season. So we'll definitely be on, on the lookout for that uh, when we have our next episode of Final Space. But until then, you can find out all the info on this podcast at overlyanimated.com. You can join us on Discord if you want to chat with us about Final Space or any other animated show we cover here at overlyanimated.com slash Discord. Uh, you can support us via Patreon at patreon.com slash overlyanimated. Uh, thanks to all of our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Katrin, a.k.a. Patron Katrin. Uh, thanks, as always, to our Patreon executive producers, Ryan, Steve, Beatrice, Hugh, and Michael. Uh, besides Final Space, we're also covering uh, shows such as Fruits Baskets, OKKO, Miraculous Ladybug. Uh, with movies, we've got uh, Lion King 2019 out. 
Infinity uh, Train. Infinity, Infinity Train, Train is, com- is is coming out soon. Also, very um, sci-fi ish related. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so we cover a wide variety of uh, of shows here at Overly Animated. So, but Final Space is going to keep going weekly. One of our few weekly shows. So that's uh, that's a blessing in itself. And we'll we'll definitely be back to talk about next episode. Um, but uh, I, I know we usually don't like to do spoilers, but I'll just say that Michelle will probably like next week's episode. So, okay, interesting. I'm hoping for <laughs> nightfall is what that means. Uh, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, until next week, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.